The story we read tonight, the story that details a man's encounter with Jesus in search of eternal life, is not isolated to Mark, but one that is included in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. As is often the case when different people tell the same story, there are subtle variations in each of the accounts. For example, it is only in Matthew's Gospel that we are told that the man is young. And similarly, it is only by way of Luke's Gospel that we learn that the man was a ruler of some kind. But beyond subtle variations from one version of the story to the next, there is one detail, one descriptor of the man that all three agree on. And that's that he was rich. He was wealthy and quite well off. At the top of the scene, we are told that Jesus is on a journey. He's making his way again, and he's getting ready to set off. But before Jesus can continue along, he stopped and pressed to speak to what is necessary for salvation, for entrance into the kingdom of God. Filled with a spirit that is earnest and a heart that begins in the right place, the rich young ruler, the rich young man, comes to Jesus because he's hungry for life, true life. Standing before Christ vested with temporary wealth and temporary ascendancy, he now wants what money can't buy, what is only God's to give. Recalling the first several exchanges that begin the conversation, it seems for a moment that the discussion is off to a good start. Pointing to the commandments as the ideal place to begin, Jesus begins ticking each one of them off. Don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Be good to your parents. How's that sound? Have you honored these? And as we know, the man responds and he responds with enthusiasm. Teacher, yes, I've honored and kept them all. And not only that, I've been diligent in following the commandments for many years, even as far back as the time of my youth, as far back as my younger days. Again, pretty good start, but of course there is more. Noting the man's lifelong adherence to the law and believing his sincerity, we are told that Jesus meets the rich young man with love. He meets him as a friend. And it is within the context of this love-filled encounter, of this extension of genuine friendship, that Christ offers the challenging word and names the stumbling block that must be removed. Lamar Williamson sums up Jesus' command in verse 21, his response to the man, as a string of five imperatives that fall like the blows of a hammer and probably sting like them too. Go, sell, give, come, follow. Go, sell what you own, give the money to the poor, then come, follow me. It's unfortunate, but nonetheless true, that it is at this point in the story that the young man tragically balks he walks away in a shock and in a profound state of grief. Taking a step back and placing this scene within the larger narrative, it's important to know and to name that this story, 
which is essentially a call story, is the only such story in the entirety of Mark's gospel in which the person called by God responds by not following. It's a story that's pretty clear about the harmful power of our possessions and the havoc they can wreak as we seek to follow Jesus. I said, I don't mean to suggest that the message presented here is easy to swallow or that I'm any less convicted by what it communicates because I'm ordained. So what to do? While I don't think most of us are very likely to sell all we have and give the proceeds to the poor, admirable as that would be, there are ways to respond to this story that are no doubt less ambitious, but still take the message seriously. The first response I'll offer in the wake of today's gospel begins by recognizing that we are most likely to cling to our possessions and cling to them hard when we are in a scarcity mindset. But what my own experience has proven to me more times than I can count is that it is precisely the moments when I don't think that I have enough that I need to give something away. Giving never fails to shift the mindset and return me to God's extraordinary abundance. So that's one thing. The second response I want to commend this evening and the one I'll leave you with comes from the wisdom of the monastic tradition where men and women religious have wrestled with this passage for quite some time. For centuries, monks and nuns have lived under vows of poverty, but with, ba but with basic needs met because they have an understanding that the buildings, land, and resources that sustain their living were not really owned by them. They are gifts that come from God. And because they are gifts that come from God, they require stewardship, not possession. And it is that same understanding, that same spirit that all of us, all Christians, need to remember because it is by way of seeing ourselves as stewards of God's resources that we can find freedom, that we can find the gift of true life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.